Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, August 14th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Scooter Lane. And from the land of wailing babies, I'm Patrick Beja. Is that what they call Finland these days? Well, that's what they call my house. <laughs> Comes from the land of the wailing babies. <laughs> that old Finland rock group. Where that parents sob and yeah. kids. I apologize too. in advance to the audience because uh, teething, object permanence, and uh, <laughs> trying to crawl makes for a difficult day. In the and that's just house. Patrick. He's not even talking about his baby. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, also with us, uh, Roger Chang out today uh, with some some. He's got a baby on the way. He's got baby stuff happening. Uh, associate producer Anthony Lemos, aka Amos, filling in. How's it going, Amos? I am doing well. If I can get my buttons to work here, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's good to have you. Uh, Roger's going to be you know having a, a, a newborn. Uh, coming soon so it's it's nice to have folks uh filling in so that i don't have to do roger's job basically (laughs) all right let's start with a few tech things you should know Tinder's co-founders and eight other former and current executives of the dating app are suing the service's current owners, Match Group, and Match's parent company, IAC, for $2 billion in damages, alleging that manipulation of the company's valuation uh, denied them billions of dollars that they were owed. The suit centers around an analysis of Tinder from 2017 made by banks, Wall Street banks, to set a value for stock options received by Sean Redd, a Tinder co-founder, and other early employees. It also includes an allegation of sexual harassment against Tinder's former CEO, Greg Blatt. So they're swiping for their rights. Good one, <laughs> Facebook has acquired the seven-person Vidpresso team. Vidpresso makes online videos more interactive with on-screen social media polling and comments. 
graphics and live broadcasting integrated with Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and more. Terms on the deal weren't disclosed. Vidpresso clients and partners will still be able to use its services. Twitter Lite, the data-saving version (laughs) of the Twitter app, is expanding to 21 more countries, bringing the total to 45. Twitter Lite is designed to load faster on slower network connections, 2G, 3G. Also, less than 3 megabytes in size. Last November, Twitter claimed Twitter Lite led to a greater than 50% increase in tweets and noted that 80% of its then 330 million monthly users were outside the United States. App is available as a free download on Google Play. Microsoft is making its Your Phone app available to all users in the Microsoft Store on Windows 10. Right now, it works with Android phones to drag and drop photos from a phone to a PC. Syncing text, messages, and notifications is still to come. All right, let's talk a little more about secret meetings, Patrick. Insider reports that Apple is encouraging developers to transition to a subscription software-as-a-service model rather than a one-time purchase fee model. Sources say Apple held an invite-only meeting in April 2017 for more than 30 developers to convince them to adopt the sub-model. I love this story because it plays both sides of the fence as far as news hook. One is secret meeting in swanky Tribeca neighborhood of New York (laughs) with developers. What could it mean? But then it goes on to explain that what it means is that you make a lot more money off subscriptions and Apple wants to make that an important part of their business. So they're really trying to get developers that make one-off apps to do subscription versions of their apps because it's going to be good for them and the developers. Well, in the Business Insider story, um, you know, it, it sort of had a good analogy of certain apps are utilities or, you know, you could liken them to a hammer, right? Right. You need something hammered, you use the hammer. And it doesn't really have this sort of ongoing payment structure. But it can, of course. You get creative enough. Of course, you can have subscription-based um, apps. What I find surprising about this is this is over a year ago. So 30 developer, thirty plus developers, um, and one would assume is, you know, what Apple would deem good performers, lots of potential for revenue for Apple, of course, because they're taking 30% cuts of these subscription models. How we didn't hear about it all this time. I mean, that was almost a year and a half ago. Hmm. It's... Also, um, it can combat the idea that you're going to make an app, you sell it, and then you make version two or version three, and that might also have to do yeah, with it. Right. In Apple's mind, you know, it's just don't. it's that it's the new model. The new model is subscription as a service, right, or, or software as a service. Sorry, where you you just say well, you install Windows once, and you'll always have the most up to date version. You'll always have the most up to date version of Office, and Apple's trying to encourage developers to do that. The New York Times' Stacey Crowley has an article about banks using data on how you use their services as a way to stop automated attacks and detect fraud. Among the behavioral biometrics that can be analyzed are mouse movements, scrolling speed, the angle you hold your phone, the finger you use to swipe and tap, and how much pressure you apply to the way you type. Few companies disclose how and when the movements are tracked. Some people worry, though, that private information like medical conditions could be detected via these these methods. There are no regulations currently governing how it's used. Yeah, I think it was a Scottish bank was one of the only ones who even talked publicly about it. And that's the mistake. Don't do what Google and Facebook did, banking. Be transparent. Talk about what you're doing, how you're collecting it, how you're storing it, and what you're doing with it. This is a fantastic idea. Theoretically... 
this kind of mouse movement. We're talking about 2,000 different signals here, right? They're correlating a lot of different stuff. This isn't just like, oh, but what if somebody pretends they're me like their mouse? This is really hard to duplicate, and it's very good for security. And as I was about to say, theoretically, could be used as a replacement for current authentication schemes if done right. But it will get screwed if everybody sees it as a another data grab without people's permission. It's, I mean, the data grab aspect is, I think, relatively limited. Um, the big issue, obviously, is individual, uh, not replicable identification, because if it's precise enough to identify you, I think some people might be worried that this is one thing they're using it for, and then you're kind of fingerprinted or mm-hmm. behavior printed. Yeah, who are you sharing um, this you with? Who else has it? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, the, the, this, the, yeah, it's, listen, I don't want anyone to swindle me out of money, right? So in theory, all of this is a, a good thing, I guess. However... When I think about the way that I might scroll or, you know, depending on, you know, how big of a hurry I am, how much pressure I'm applying to. Yeah, but that's you know, why I said there's 2000 different signals here. It's not it's not, it, it's really good at telling who you are, even if you're drunk or sleepy or whatever. <laughs> right. Because it has a lot of different ways to look at this stuff. OK, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, I can hear the skepticism. You're like, Sure. All right. Yeah. I, uh, again, like I, again, I, I, if, if my bank is like, something seems to be off here, Sarah Lane, it doesn't seem like it's you that just logged in and, you know, made a bunch of transactions or, you know, clicked on stuff. I do want to know about that. I am very wary of anybody tracking my mouse movements, particularly mm. if that doesn't lead to a click, you know? Yeah. Uh, but mouse, that's just one of the things. It's its the way you type, the rhythm that you type. It's its so that many too. things that are already shared with your browser all the time. And that's why I say transparency is key. Let people know this is all stuff we, we're already getting. And here's what we're doing with it. What they're doing with it is the key. Don't be giving it to third parties without permission. Don't be using it for anything except authentication. Lock it down, make it auditable. And this is actually a really good thing. Hey, just last thing. Who else do you think is doing it? Amazon, Google, lots of people could be doing it. I don't know that. Obviously, that's going to be you know, like, oh, I bet they all are doing it. I would doubt they're doing it. But I would be surprised if they're not at least exploring it. Well, I'm sure they're exploring it. But I would worry more about in like third-party sites, sites that are less in the public eye uh, doing this sort of thing. Tom, learn from uh, Insider. Do the the buzzy alarmist <laughs> thing. Behavioral tracking is the next big issue for private data. Actually, NVIDIA graphics cards are the next big thing. CEO Jensen Huang unveiled the company's new Turing GPU architecture in a keynote at Seagraph 2018. Turing includes hybrid rendering, which combines ray tracing with traditional rasterization. NVIDIA says the fastest Turing parts can cast 10 billion rays per second, which is a 25 times improvement in ray tracing performance over the unaccelerated Pascal. Turing architecture also carries over the Tensor cores from Volta and supports a wide range of precisions like Int8 and Int4 precisions. NVIDIA announced that the upcoming Quadro RTX 8000, RTX 6000, and RTX 5000 versions 
will ship in Q4. That RT is interesting. It refers to Turing's RT cores for ray tracing, which improves lighting effects in games. And coincidentally, Patrick, NVIDIA also released a teaser video for its GamesCon announcement next week with a bunch of hints in Discord screenshots that led people to believe that graphics processor announcement will be for something called the RTX 2080. Hmm, and that's really interesting because the current line of uh, consumer-grade GPUs are GTX 10-something. And mm-hmm. they usually announce the higher uh, version, the higher-end version of that of their new lines with the XX80 uh, model. So they could be either doing GTX 2080 or maybe that RTX thing to put uh, forward the RT cores. Um very interesting. I've been waiting for this to maybe think about changing GPUs, but wait a bit more. Our, the first one is usually super expensive. I mean, yeah, the eight thousand I think was quoted as like ten thousand dollars. So, oh, of the yes. of the touring platform, the, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the it's, pro version. Uh, the other thing is, will uh, uh, cryptocurrency miners jump on it? Which they're they're more and more going for specialized cards uh, versus this, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see if that holds up. It's still, yeah. yeah. Uh, Movie Pass's new plan launches August 15. Hey, that's tomorrow. But some users who have canceled have received emails indicating their cancellations have been revoked. Uh, one email reads, if you had previously requested cancellation prior to our opting in, prior to opting in, your opt-in to the new plan will take priority and your account will not be canceled. Hmm. Uh, many people getting that email claim they did not opt-in to the new plan and some say that you now can't cancel the subscription at all. MoviePass told Tech, uh, TechCrunch, we have fixed the bugs that were causing the issue and have confirmed that none of our members have been opted in or converted to the new plan without their express permission. So it sounds like just it was a fluke. It wasn't MoviePass being like, we can't lose subscribers. Let's make them stay. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, it's not as bad as if they were like falsely (laughs) trying to retain people. (laughs) Right. But they obviously are having problems with their systems, which doesn't give more confidence in MoviePass, I'm afraid. Yeah. There was a huge bad buzz when they started not, you know, paying for what they should be paying for a few weeks ago. This isn't helping. It's too bad because, I mean, MoviePass is cross companies, right? It's not just one uh, multiplex company that you can go to. MoviePass works through credit cards, so it can be used at multiple chains. It's not partnered with a specific chain, correct? Right. Uh, Chains, yeah, yeah. Because in France, we've had something similar, but with we have two major movie chains uh, and each one has their service and it mm-hmm. works super well. Yeah. And we, now we have that here too. AMC has their A-list and Cinemark has their, their mm. pr- program too. So I think movie passes days may be over. Uh, NASA and Freelancer.com have chosen early winners for the Astro Bee Challenge series meant to crowdsource a robot arm for that cute Astro Bee robot. That'll be helping out on the International Space Station. South African grad student Nino Wonderlin produced an attachment mechanism. Filipino conceptual engineer Murdal Menzano made a smart attachment system. And Indian software engineer Amit Biswas developed a simple deployment mechanism. There are nine more contests in the challenge before it wraps up in September. And Astrobee is scheduled to reach the International Space Station sometime next year. 
cute robots. Come on, you guys, get excited! No, I mean, I, I'm I'm thrilled. <laughs> I can tell. Well, you know, it's it's always good to have cute robots on space stations. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. As opposed to uh, not cute robots who end up trying to wipe out humanity. So. Yeah, cute robots with useful arms developed by uh, young, brilliant minds. I like it. But, I mean, hey, but. if I was if I was living on a space station for any extended period of time or in space at all, which I'd never plan to do, but who even knows? I would want the robot to be as cute as possible. I also like the fact that they went international for this. I mean, the NASA went uh, to multiple co- countries for a thing that's going to be used on the ISS. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, there is no I. Well, no, there is an I, but it stands for international. <laughs> to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. It's Talk Back Tuesday. Yay! I bet you didn't know that, but it is. Yay! We just made it up. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We got so many good emails from people yesterday, and Sarah and I were looking at them like, we can't not read a bunch of these, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, we get great emails every day, but there are certain days, like this morning, where there's such a plethora, they deserve their own segment. Let's start. Not quite near you, Patrick, but closer than we are. Chris <laughs> from Trondheim, Norway. Uh, 34 degrees Celsius, warm south of Spain. I don't know 
know what Chris meant by this. I think what he meant was it's unseasonably warm in Norway. It's right almost now. Spain like in Norway. All right, yes. fine. I'll take that. Uh, Chris chimed in on how buyers using realtors is very rare in Norway. We were talking about realtors on yesterday's show. When browsing for a new house, you use the newspaper, online ads, and such in Norway. It's always the seller's realtor that handles the paperwork together with you and your bank. Of course, the whole buying situation is also different from other countries, I have found out. Here, there is almost always an auction where bids go back and forth and the seller must accept the highest bid. And most showings are open houses. Private showings are rare. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea that the realtor would only be on the seller's side, I mean, I guess that's, if you're going to have one, that's probably the more important place to have sure. it. But, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear, especially from, you know, not only the Norwegians, but places across the world who are like, you know, you guys are all weird about Redfin direct, uh, selling to, you know, people who want to buy homes. It doesn't work the way it works, uh, in the U S and a lot of other places. I'm surprised by the auction system where the buyer has to accept the highest bid. Yeah. I wonder if that's to, you know, make it so the buyer can't choose, but I don't know. It's... No, to, to prevent any kind of prejudice creeping in or exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or but what, yeah. I mean, you would need to be really prejudiced to take less money. <laughs> someone. A Frenchman, <laughs> forget it. I'll take less money. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and like highest bid and best bid are not necessarily the same thing, depending right. on who's no, in the house, true. right? True, yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing. You can say, I-, I won't pay you as much, but I'll let you stay in it for free for two months while you move out. Or I won't I won't have an inspection contingency. So whatever condition it's in, I'll take it. You know, there's other things you can do like that. Got another email from Angel in Puerto Rico. This is concerning the story we talked about with Lamar Wilson yesterday on the HB All-in-One printer that uh, was able to basically get malicious code added to it via fax. Angel says, I've got some thoughts on faxes and HIPAA, which we mentioned yesterday. If you're not familiar, that's the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act of 1996 in the U.S., health insurance stuff. Angel's company provides electronic health record or EHR software for medical offices. And most of the offices are now using fax services that run in the cloud and are integrated directly into the Mm. EHR software. That way the documents are included directly into the patient's record and you only need a scanner for outgoing faxes. Angel says that said, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services has announced an initiative to eliminate legacy technology, and that includes faxes. He links us to something we'll put in our show notes. Angel says it's part of ensuring data portability, which was the main intent of HIPAA in the first place, and eliminate legacy technology. So faxes may be going the way of the dodo sooner than later. Wait, they're going to die out from hunting? <laughs> well, I think, you know, movie pass, the dodo, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. they may so, be around much longer. What you're saying is the faxes are going to go the way of movie pass. Oh, <laughs> movie pass oh. isn't dead yet. Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. Uh, and yeah. Anyway, enough with movie pass. It's so easy to make fun of these pieces of technology and Yesterday, you rightfully uh, put a whole bunch of caveats in in front of that fun making, which was obviously warranted. But, you know, there are some we tend to forget in our world of constantly evolving newest, coolest uh, uh, tech gadget that sometimes tech is used for things that 
need to be super reliable and that work everywhere in systems that have been uh, uh, designed a while ago. It's the case for this. It's the case for, you know, uh, there are questions about voting systems. There are infrastructure uh, uh, IT that is still running on like old COBOL program and you're, you can point and laugh, but these things have reli reliability as their most important, highest uh, 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 priority. So it's, yeah, sometimes it's warranted. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Colangelo has a call in follow up on the Space Force discussion from last week with a missing piece that wasn't touched on leadership. Hey, this is Anthony Colangelo from the Main Engine Cutoff podcast. I really liked Justin's discussion of the budgetary concerns of Space Force, but one thing he missed was the leadership concerns as well. Space leadership has not made it to those high levels of the Air Force that have a seat at those highest level tables where decisions get made in government. Space Force is about elevating that space leadership up to those highest levels so that they have a direct say in prioritization, management, and decisions about policy that affects space rather than it filtering through the Air Force structure. So that's something that's very important that I think can't be missed in the Space Force debate. Hmm. No, that's a really good point. Uh, I mean, this is oversimplifying it, obviously, but the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, are the heads of the major branches of the military. And if Space Force was a branch, they'd have a seat at that table, right? Got another email from Andy in Sydney, and this is about Google's location tracking discussion that we had yesterday and the fact that it's Sometimes kind of hard to find, depending on who you are. Andy says, here's an issue, though, that relates to the overall Android experience. You can't use the Google Assistant at all if you turn this off. You can't oh. even complete the setup until you turn those settings back on. Why is this necessary? If I just want to set a timer, maybe ask for the weather. Also, you can't use a Google Home speaker with those privacy settings off. It won't let you complete the setup, period. I ended up creating a throwaway Google account just to use the Google Home that I got free with my Pixel. Even basic uh, stuff like the weather widget on my Pixel's home screen, it's gone. It disappears when you turn off location history, at least after a while. Even though I have GPS turned on, they can't seem to figure out my location in order to show me the local weather. They have my GPS. They have my cell tower, Wi-Fi addresses, but they need my location history to tell me the weather where I am now. Hmm. I'm generally a big Google and Android fan, but this seems like too much. And much of the time, it's new. My Google Home and Google Assistant used to work about a year ago without requiring access to my web activity and location history. Used to be able to use the weather app. Now they've slowly been removing features from users that have additional privacy settings enabled. Maybe... They figure they make less revenue from me. So is that how they're justifying taking away these features? I don't know. But this feels wrong. Something seems like a blatant way of bullying your customers into handing over data that they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, I, I, these things should work even if you say don't store my history. I have a feeling... There may be some people, again, remember, companies are made of a lot of different people. There may be some people inside who are under the cover of another reason pushing this for an agenda of being able to track and use the data. It's, I'm not going to discount that possibility. On the other hand, there's probably a lot of engineers who are like, look, whenever we store something, even just for temporary use, and we store it a little longer just to make sure it's still there when the app needs it later, we get in trouble because of privacy. So we're making it a hard stop. You either let us store it for what we need to do with it or we don't store it at all and you don't get to use that service. That's that's an engineering 
a, approach to a solution that doesn't uh, appreciate the nuance of the privacy situation. And this is what we're all working through is, you know, up until a few years ago, it was anything goes. It didn't really matter what, what you stored or where. Nobody cared as long as the stuff worked. Now people want it to work and not spy on you. And so I totally agree with Andy. Like you should be able to have your weather app know where you are because you have GPS turned on. Saying don't store my location is not the same as saying don't check my location. Right. And even if it needs to store it briefly, there there should be a way to say like, yeah, it'll be stored for you know less than a day just because that's the way the app works. But after that, it'll be purged. Because what's what the AP found was in this other setting area under apps, it was being stored for longer periods of time because it wasn't covered by the tracking, which was doing continuous tracking, which is a totally different thing. I want to say also because Google maybe makes money off of you, and that is not an, a little bit of devil's advocate, but it's not an invalid reason. No, You're totally. using yeah. the service for free, and maybe they need that to monetize your use of it. Um, I think they should be more transparent about it, but it's also such a tiny thing that everyone's jumping on it and pointing fingers and going like, ah, see, again, Google is trying to spy on you without you knowing. But it's not, I, I mean, more transparency, sure. I don't think the, per, the, the, the team designing it was thinking, oh my God, we need to tell them that if they turn off this service, then they won't have access to that when really you turn it off and you see you don't have access to it. It's not. Well, I, and I think in, in legitimate engineers' minds, it was like, well, tracking is I'm always lo recording location constantly. And storage through apps is when I launch the weather app, I check the location, then I store it so that I know where I checked last time and it can speed some things up. Uh, and I think you're right that there are probably other people like, great, well, we can use that to sell an ad against it. And it is different from continuous tracking. But people are like, well, wait a minute. When I, when I said I didn't want you to know my location, store my location, I meant I didn't want you to store my location. So it just, you know, the, the debate goes on. KV followed up echoing Sarah's sentiments that this is a ridiculously buried settings item. Uh, KV said it's one thing to have the options available to merely say you have or cover your butt legally. However, a real measurement of a company's efforts of how much they value user choice and privacy is how accessible and clearly explained their options are. Are the options presented equally? Are they opt-in rather than opt-out? Or do they employ dark patterns, such as hiding certain options behind several screens or different mediums like a phone call, discolored, undesired options, or generally making it harder for a user to actually make a well-informed choice. I think dark patterns is overemphasized, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Uh, the YouTuber NerdWriter does a pretty good overview on some common dark patterns. I, I think that is way overhyped, the whole dark patterns thing. Uh, but at the same time, I think there's a great argument to be made for accessibility that says, look, uh, if you're hiding these things, it's harder for lots of different people to get to. And that's just not good UI. Yeah, I agree with you that Google isn't necessarily trying to bury these settings in a place where they truly don't want anyone to find them. Although the, in this case, they are a little bit more buried than usual. But this is a great conversation. And I, maybe we can, you know, I don't know if anyone has sort of like dark web and app patterns that they're, you know, expert in. I'd, I'd love to know more about it because... There are little things like, yeah, graying out the option that the app would prefer that you don't choose. Um, you do see that a lot. And sure, if we're all paying a lot of attention, 
most of the time, not an issue. You still choose your options that are right for you and go on with your life. But um, I've certainly been, uh, you know, I don't know, fooled is the right word, but I've been, you know, a little bit confused by these sorts of things yeah. um, in the past. And it, that, that's definitely a factor. My, my issue is that dark patterns is a good consumer tip to say like, hey, make sure you're reading things. So they do these things <laughs> yeah. to try to nudge yeah. you. Like it's they no want, different they want any, to trick you. Yeah, it's no different than any kind of ad literacy. Whereas what's being done on the internet right now is a lot of the dark patterns are coming to get you and companies are trying to trick <laughs> you and steal. Like they're just way overhyping it for clicks. And it's like, yeah, no, something to be aware of, like Sarah just said. That's, but that's all there is to it. I, I really like the analogy to basically marketing and ads. Yeah. That there are dark or light patterns and all of those. I will add, though, that uh, the the answer that KV was looking for was really in his first or second sentence, uh, how much they value user choice and privacy. Google doesn't value it hugely. They they value it to an extent. Uh, but I would su- suspect that out of all of these gigantic companies, those that use your data to monetize, again, as I was saying earlier, value your privacy less than others that don't use that data to monetize. Yeah. So they, it's they're not that more willing to let the consequence of a design change impact your privacy negatively than a company that would be willing to go out of their way to protect your privacy. Yeah, exactly. Hey, thanks to all those who participate in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Also, thanks to Patrick Beja for being with us this fine Tuesday. Patrick, what's been going on in your world since we saw you last week? Uh, a lot of, as I mentioned, baby crying. Um, <laughs> I was <laughs> so and, and not a lot of podcast recording. However, I did learn that uh, France is one of the five nations that has a space force uh, Dude, after Googling that? the topic. So that's go France. Um, and that's about it. Just follow me on twitter.com slash notpatrick if you want more trivia about <laughs> space force, maybe, and uh, baby complaining or complaining about babies. And a uh, big round of applause to Amos for stepping in for Roger Chang today. Yay. Thank you, Roger Chang. We miss you. Thank you, Amos. And uh, thank you all for supporting us. There's lots of membership perks that you can get at patreon.com slash DTNS. Check out the columns and the Slack and the Discord and all those sorts of things. Once again, patreon.com slash DTNS. Don't forget to do it. Go, go do it as soon as you get done listening to the show. Very fun talk back Tuesday, and we want more of them. But we want you to send us email any time or day of the week that you choose. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is our email address. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. If you can join us while we're shooting the show live, we'd love to have you. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. Bye. show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this program <laughs> hi this is matt and sean from two black guys with good credit if you own or operate a business whether it's a local operation or a global corporation partnering with bank of america could be your smartest move By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. 
Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.